This is Inspired Wellness with Jessica, a safe space for women impacted by their emotions to unlock hope and discover ways to elevate emotional wellness holistically for long-term health and well-being. I am your host, Jessica, advanced EFT practitioner, holistic counselor, meditation therapist, and advanced life coach. Join me for real, raw conversations to educate and inspire you to take control of your emotional well-being. I am so grateful you are here with me. Let's dive straight in. Today, I have joining me, Danielle Dawick. Danielle is a mother of twin girls who were born in January 21, a high school English teacher and a copywriter from Sydney, New South Wales. During lockdown, the stress and pressure of parenting two babies largely alone because her husband worked shifts became really overwhelming and it led Danielle to explore creative avenues to dive into as a means of fighting an escape from the monotony and loneliness of being stuck within her four walls. Having always had a flair and love for writing, it seemed like fate when she learned that copywriting is not only a viable business venture, but that good strategic copywriters are in high demand. With a natural knack for marketing and persuasion, she began exploring the craft and eventually set up her little business. A self-proclaimed business cheerleader, Danielle loves that copywriting allows her to work with like-minded small businesses crafting words which are worthy of the amazing products and services that they offer. As a mum, Danielle often feels like the legs of the duck working at full speed under the water, trying to keep everything smooth and together above the surface. She's very candid about the fact that she's still very much learning to navigate her role and understand her identity as a mother and especially as a mother of multiples. However, whether it's learning to embrace the mess and the noise, finding ways to steal some me time, or managing the overwhelming guilt that comes with being a mother, she's slowly adapting to the journey. And through it all, her two little ladies make it all worthwhile. Oh my goodness. Danielle, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to chat and share my story and yeah, hopefully resonate with some of your listeners. And Absolutely. I'm really excited to have you on today. I think, um, I mean, I only have one, but I think that, (laughs) you know, there's going to be so many people who can um, relate to the topics that you're going to talk to us about today. You know, even just like we just said in your intro, just trying to find that balance of your identity. You know, now that you are a mother of multiples, you have a business. Um, Tell me a little bit more about how you got started. So um, I think in terms of just going back to the the multiple side of things, I think, um, yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, when you you find out that you're pregnant and for us it was a journey and so getting that positive um, result on the test was just such an exciting moment and then you know you kind of build that up and then by the time you go to your scan and then when you see that those two sacks on the the screen and my obstetrician was like twins oh my gosh it sort of I, it was a an amazing moment but it was a, a frightening moment as well because you very quickly learn that your 
it's in a sense you're isolated because how many of us you know know people that have had twins and if you're someone who has it it's great because you have that support network but I found that you know a lot of my friends had already had children and so they would offer advice and I'd I'd take that advice and then I go well that doesn't work in my context so I'm hoping that yeah by sharing my story I can provide a little bit of that um, community familiarity you have twins in your family anywhere or was this we did yeah and I think um I had kind of an unhealthy obsession or fascination with twins before I fell pregnant (laughs) manifesting Um, at its finest (laughs) that's it yeah I think and and in a totally negative way like it was always oh my gosh that is the worst thing that could possibly happen and I was so petrified and every time someone told me they were pregnant it was always but is it twins like aren't you scared you know um and when people were talking to us about having kids it was always yeah that's okay as long as it's just one um and then yeah both my husband and I have first cousins that are twins um and they're both twin girls and they're both fraternal and I think for him he was always very excited by the idea because I was so fascinated about it so when we talk about having family he would always laugh and joke about it I actually found some text messages when we first started trying where um, he went and got himself a coffee and he's like oh there's a dad here with a pram that could be us um and then I said oh um something along the lines of it'll happen it'll happen and he's like or we could just have twins and get it over with in one go (laughs) and I showed him that message and he's like I knew I knew um, and even when I did fall pregnant before we went and had the scan, he would come up and touch my belly and he'd say, you know, hey guys. And I'd sort of swat his hand away and I'd be like, don't, don't do that. Don't say that. It's not twins. It's just one. Don't say, hey guys. <laughs> um, so I think we both kind of, it was always going to happen for us. Um, and look, now that it has happened and after you get over that initial shock and the fear, um, it's the best thing and I couldn't imagine it any other way and I just feel so lucky. So it's, yeah, it's very, very cool experience. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but in, yeah, but in terms of my business, um, that started on maternity leave. Uh, so I live in Sydney um, and it was during the long four-month um, lockdown. So it was in around July. So we'd been in lockdown for about six weeks at this point. And um, I'm a high school English teacher. I've always loved writing. So I think, you know, the whole word nerd thing that comes with being a teacher, plus the fact that I'd always loved writing as a kid, but I'd struggled to write creatively, like stories and that had never come naturally to me, but I knew I enjoyed writing. Um, And as I've gotten older and become a teacher, I've realised that it's that conversational style writing that I really do like, but I didn't know that that was a thing. Um, And then it was almost as if the universe threw it at me. So one day I remember I was scrolling um, Facebook and this ad came up for freelancing and copywriting. I'm like, what is that? (laughs) Um, and then I did when you're research. not in business, like you think copywriting <laughs> is something that you copyright, you know, like you can't copy what yeah. I've done. So I'm going to copyright it. You don't sort of realize. And for anybody who's not in business, like copywriting, a copywriter is somebody who writes all the beautiful words that you see on a website, on a, it's, you know, the captions on your, on an Instagram, it's the way a newspaper is written. It's, it's the words. It's, it's, it's exactly. Yeah. And it's that conversational marketing writing that I've got a natural flair for and really enjoy writing. And, and my research got me there and I went, oh my gosh, this is a thing. And so I signed up to Upwork and 
Um, I found myself a client pretty quickly um, for, she's a hospitality manager up in Queensland and I sent her off a website that she wanted to be rewritten and the feedback I got was, oh my gosh, no changes. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's a fluke. And after a couple <laughs> of small jobs, I realized actually I, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of where it's flowed and I ended up yeah getting myself an ABN and registering a business name and creating a website and then I started trawling through Instagram because I knew that if this was going to be a thing that I wanted to work with businesses that I felt passionate about um, and I knew from the get-go that I wasn't going to be making this a thing unless I could actually be a business cheerleader yeah. and so I needed brands that resonated and shared my values and that I wholeheartedly believed in in order to write authentically and so Instagram's been really great for that because I can kind of filter through and get a feel for the business before I reach out to them yeah um, or vice versa when, when I get contacted it's nice to you know be able to look at that and say oh actually as wonderful as you are we don't align and so I've got some contacts now that I can pass them on to or I can then reach out to someone and say, look, I love what you're about if you ever need anything and it's great for relationship building. Yeah. And, you know, when you can identify exactly who you do want to work with and who you align with, saying no to the people that you don't is probably the best thing that you could do for them because they will find their person. And it's the same um, with what I do as well with, you know, the holistic counselling. And, you know, if I am going to work with somebody who isn't um, prepared to go vulnerable with me, who doesn't trust me, who doesn't, you know, gel with me or, or we don't have an, a, some kind of energetic connection, then they're not going to get the benefits. So it's that, you know, being able to identify who you want to work with and and, and really um, making sure that that you are doing them the best service by, by making sure you're the right person for them. Yeah, I love that. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And it's been really great because the businesses that I've been able to work with have just been phenomenal and I've met new people that I would never have connected with and I've got to learn different things about different industries that I would never have known and I've always been passionate about sustainability but I worked with this woman who has this most beautiful um, farm store and she produces there she's a merino farmer and she produces the most incredible merino cot sheets and they're all um certified with the the world leader in merino wool certification so it's top quality and it's just the most incredible branches that have come off I'm interested in sustainability and then it's you know all these doors that open Um, and these people that are doing amazing things that you wouldn't come across unless you were looking at them from that way and that's why I love so much about working with these businesses and being that business cheerleader so yeah Oh, that's amazing. Wow. What a fantastic start to your business. And that moment where you can say, wow, I am really good at this. That's a special moment, isn't it? Being able to recognize that about yourself, but also giving yourself permission to explore more of that creative outlet as well. So I guess as a mom, I know I lost myself a lot. And, um, you know, back in episode one, I shared my story of of panic and anxiety and just how life just completely, I guess it just stood still for me for a while until I found what I'm doing now. As as a new mum and particularly as a mum of multiples as well who was struggling to find her identity with this new, you know, uh, phase of life, how important was it for you to find that creative outlet? 
it was incredibly important, like to holistically answer that question. Um, I definitely lost my sense of identity. And like you said in the intro, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, and with every new season comes a new part of me that I need to learn and, and get to know and appreciate. And it's not been the easiest journey. Um, I think when the girls were born, life literally was turned up on its head. Um, and those first few weeks, everyone talks about the newborn bubble and we 100% were living in that. And my husband went back to work and the dust kind of settled a little bit. And I feel like I'd kind of found myself a little bit of a rhythm and worked out what kind of parent I wanted to be. And we'd started to establish a bit of a routine and we'd started to discuss things like how do we want these girls to be sleeping and how do we want nighttime routines and things like that to look like. And we'd got feeding under control and those were the kind of big things. And then it was bang, you're in lockdown. And that was really tough. You know, my husband works shifts and he had to then start taking extra shifts to fill the added workload that was happening in his industry and the shortages, but also the extra roles that were coming out as a result of being a first responder. So he was away a lot. My parents were in lockdown. My in-laws were in lockdown. My sister was in lockdown mm-hmm. um, and it was incredibly isolating. Oh, and I definitely, yeah, yeah I, I lost myself, you know, living in the four worlds of, of home and I wasn't the designated shopper and, you know, I had these two little girls that were completely dependent on me and mm. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what the next day was going to bring. And, you know, we'd, I'd go for lots and lots of walks. And then I feel like when I, when I say before that copywriting kind of the universe threw it at me, I feel like starting my business gave me something to focus on. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, during, and it's only ever happened during the girls' naps. Like anyone who has a, a toddler knows good luck doing anything while that toddler's awake, um, particularly too. So it's something that when they went to sleep gave me a sense of purpose. And that purpose was more than cleaning the house. And I'm not, unfortunately, as much as I want to be, I am not built to be a stay-at-home mum and I really wish that I was because I have some friends that are and I just see how full their life is and how fulfilled they are with that. But myself and my personality and who I am, I need something else. I need something to escape to, Mm. um, to be completely brutal and honest with that. And so this working from home and, and being able to put the girls to sleep and then go and me even for half an hour has just been life-changing and it's really given me that sense of purpose and that sense that I'm contributing to my household in a different way in a way that felt right for me Um, and then yeah so it's it's been huge it's yeah that channel I think that I definitely needed Absolutely. And thank you for your honesty with that as well you know it's something that I really feel that some women may also feel but have some kind of guilt or feel like they're doing something wrong by not feeling that way. I know I had yeah. an episode last week. I hate being pregnant. I do not enjoy it. It is like, and people say to me, are you having another baby? And I say, no, <laughs> straight yeah. away, no, I am not. Do not ask me again. I've got two. I'm happy. You know, I don't enjoy pregnancy. Um, And I can resonate with you uh, with some of what you said there. 
I, you know, obviously I, I stumbled across what I ended up doing because of my own personal needs. I was looking for a way to, um, you know, to help my anxiety and my panic, but I ended up studying and then I ended up starting a business. And whilst my daughter, my youngest is in daycare only two days a week at the moment. So I do what I can in those two days and then in nap times and see clients yeah. in an evening and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> and my partner's home to help. Um, I can't just sit at home either and just be, you know, the stay at home mom. There is that part of me that, and I am fulfilled there. I, you know, yeah. I do feel like my, my children are not getting any less of me because of that. No. I still fill them with love. I, you know, they still have a beautiful safe home to come to. They still have all of their needs met and still get a heck of a lot of time with me. But for me personally, I understand if I wasn't, doing what I am doing, I would be lost. I, I wouldn't just cope as just being just that one thing for me. So yeah, I understand. And I thank you for sharing that because it's important for people to be able to um, know that it's okay. It's okay. hundred percent. Just be a mom. It's okay. If you want to go to work, it's okay. If you want yep. both, I want it all. And I'm not afraid to say that. <laughs> I'm definitely the same. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think like, um, I, I really, I grappled with a lot of that. And when I did fall into copywriting and um, started to explore that as a viable business option and, and just due to the maternity leave arrangements, I wasn't able to start taking an income immediately. Um, so a lot of it was, you know, exploration. And I, in that sense, I'm really lucky that I had that um, because I could look at this and go, is this something that I do actually want to pursue? And I had the time to take it at my own pace and knowing that I still had six months left on my maternity leave, that I had that time. Um, and my husband kept reminding me that I didn't need to do this. Like, it's okay to be at home. It's okay to enjoy that time. And, and he meant that from a family point of view, every decision he ever makes is always about the family. And I'm so glad to have that. Um, but I didn't have anyone until I actually started admitting who would tell me that it was okay and so for a really long time during that four months in lockdown I spent a lot of the time bashing myself up for wanting to have the outlet and wanting to have work even though I didn't necessarily need to go back to work immediately it was the sense of why aren't I fulfilled am I not a good enough mom and that brought a lot of guilt with it because I didn't know any other way and I hadn't had frank conversations. And when I actually started having those frank conversations with mothers that are my own age, as well as, you know, my mother and my mother-in-law and saying to them, I actually need this, instead of getting the response that I thought I was going to get and I thought it was going to be, you don't need this, you're a mum, you should be fulfilled. Like, why aren't you fulfilled? What are you doing wrong? It was incredibly supportive. It was well, just because I stayed home or just because I continue to stay home doesn't mean that you have to. And you're not a lesser mother because you want to have another avenue. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think for any mom that's feeling this way and starting to, to look at what life is going to be like after your maternity leave or realising that your career needs to maybe shift or that you need to have a career back and return to the workforce, that sense of guilt that comes with that, I would recommend anyone to go and actually talk to someone because majority of us feel the same way. Absolutely. You know, so. Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you've returned to work as well now, haven't you, part-time? Yeah, so I I have a permanent, um, being a high school teacher, we have an arrangement that I can um, ask for a certain number of days until the girls are in primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've asked for one permanent day Yep. and then I work casually because my husband works shifts so I can work casually around that and then I have the business, which I do at night. Yeah. So. <laughs> So how yeah. have things shifted? I know I, I do my business at night too. <laughs> it's yeah. not forever. It's not forever. Remind yourself. <laughs> how, <laughs> how have things shifted again? So, you know, you, you've started your business during maternity leave and you're working in the small pockets of time that you have available to you. And then you've thrown in this whole other aspect of a committed day at work and the casual teaching too. How have things shifted again for you from that? It's been, um, it's actually been incredibly positive. Um, going back to work, I, my school's been wonderful and um, they've looked after me and putting me back in the faculty that I left from. Um, and so I go back and I, I've got a couple of lovely classes that I get to teach um, and I'm job sharing with a colleague who I worked with prior to going on maternity leave. So there's a lot of harmony there. Uh, being physically at work is wonderful. Um, I don't know how teachers did 12 weeks teaching from home. I don't know how anyone works from home. I can't. I'm not the person. I mean, copywriting aside, um, I could not log on at 9 o'clock and log off at 5 o'clock and work a corporate job from home and I couldn't teach lessons full-time from home. It would just drive me nuts. So physically going to work has been really good. Um, it's another juggling act. I feel um, so my husband looks after the girls when I'm at school. Um, I do definitely feel a sense of um, it's not so much guilt, but it's more worry that I'm putting a lot on him by going to work. Um, and he always tells me that that's silly because when he's at work, it's the opposite. The time management has had to have a little bit of a shift too because obviously being a teacher, there's planning and reporting and things that come with that. Um, So it's meant I've stepped a little bit back on the business. Um, But I think I'm at the moment, I've got a really good balance with the two workplace agreements. So, yeah, I I would like to see how it goes. I've got another six, uh, six months left of the year or a little bit longer than that even. So I'm really excited to see how things go and ultimately if I end up in a decision where uh, sorry in a position where it's a, a decision between whether I return to the classroom in a greater capacity or if I keep doing what we're doing and keep plugging away at the business so I don't have any intentions right now to give up teaching it's something I really really enjoy um, and my copywriting business is obviously something I'm super passionate about as well so like you said you want it all if I can do both then absolutely <laughs> that's absolutely. both worlds right I think when you really want something you'll find a way to make it work yeah. I really truly do and if you are um, really passionate about what you're doing then that work that you're doing at nighttime, it you know it I mean yeah you probably don't want to be doing it every night but it doesn't really feel like work so much though and I I completely agree that you particularly when you are a new mum whether it be your first or whether it be twins or whether it be your second or third every time I've found for me both times there's a whole new self-discovery that I have to go through and you know you mentioned you're on 
a journey with that. And I don't believe that ever really stops. I think yep. that as your children grow, as your phase of life grows, as everything changes, you are continually researching for who you are and adapting to these new phases of life. And how, if if you want work to be a part of your identity, if it makes you feel good, if it means that you are going to be happier and more present at home instead of depressed and resentful, um, you know, then do it. You need to be, it's a form of self-care, really. You need to be doing what is going to make you happy and for everybody that's different. And I think, yeah, just like you said before, giving someone that permission to feel that way, you know, it's it's really important. Absolutely. And I think that was, that, that word was really, really tough. Um, my best friend is the most incredible stay-at-home mom. Um, and she, when I opened up to her about it, and I said to her, you know, I'm going back one day a week and you know, I'm feeling this and I've started the business and she's always been a really great cheerleader for me. Um, and she actually used that word when I needed it. She didn't even realize that I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said to me, you know, you don't need permission to be a working mom, but if you need someone to tell you that it's okay, well, I'm telling you that it's okay because you're going to be better for the girls. Mm. Um, and I think as a multiple mom, I mean, I, any mom goes through that, particularly mums that have more than one child, whether they are twins or triplets or quads, oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> or they have. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like you women. said, like you said, even with your twins, it's your reality. You still wake yes. up every morning. Oh, thankfully, everyone's waking up every morning. So you deal with your life, um, you know, whatever it is that your life throws at you, whether it be one, two, three, whether it be health, whether it be challenges, you, you, you get up and you still deal with whatever it is that is your new reality. Yeah. It's just normal. And that's why like, a lot of people will say, oh, I don't know how you do it. Um, and my response is, but I don't know any different. Um, and I, I was chatting, um, we went out, out for brunch and this, there was this young dad who was standing at the cafe and his son was like fixated with the girls and the girls were fixated. So we ended up chatting and um, he said the same thing. Oh, my gosh, I don't know how you guys do it. And I said, oh, it's funny because we actually joke sometimes when we have them both in the bath and if they're being, you know, particularly rambunctious or splashing, um, I'll say to my husband, can you believe that? Some families only have to do this with one kid or they have a toddler and a baby. And so it's that total difference. And he goes, you know, it's funny because when we've got Fletcher in the bar, sometimes I'll look at my wife and say, can you believe some people have to do this with two? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you, you do, you just, you know, it becomes your norm. And, and for me at the start, going through this with both my sister and my sister-in-law, because we all had kids at the same time and seeing my friends that already had babies that seemed to be under complete control and there was a lot of me that was really hard on myself and um, held on to a lot of the why can't I find a way and a lot of that came down to because you have to navigate your normal and you know everyone is doing it whether it's one child or not you have to find what works for you Um, and I know for me a, a big thing was accepting the fact that my parenthood dream was going to have to change Mm. when I found out that there was two um, and that things were going to be 
different and when the girls were actually born and um, it was was gut-wrenching to not be able to cuddle them the way that I wanted to and not be able to have you know them sleep on me because I had another one that needed it and Mm. you know that newborn bubble that the only advice that you got given was just sleep with your baby cuddle your baby soak it up Mm. because these cuddles don't last for long and then here I was in that newborn bubble covered in spew like we all are Um, (laughs) but constantly juggling children and not feeling like I was giving them enough love because there was always her sister who needed me Mm. um but what I realized exactly like what you were saying with you know going back to work is that they got enough love they got enough of me they got enough of my husband they got what they needed and what they didn't get from us they get from each other Mm. and so I think it's just that adjustment and that shift in perspective and I was talking to my my husband about this and my family um there was a lot of negativity because we got COVID around Easter. And so there was that sense of, oh my gosh, COVID's taken another event away from the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we had this conversation and it was kind of like, oh, well, we need to, rather than blaming COVID, it needs to go from, we can't do this because of COVID or we can't do this because of this. And so that extends into your life. You know, I can't have this because of that. Mm. to just that shift in perspective in this has happened or I have this, so what can I now do? Yes. And shifting our perspective has been something we've done. Mm. Um, And I think coming through that first year of parenting and (laughs) both of us accepting our roles and learning that it's okay to not be perfect um, has been a really big thing for us. So, yeah. Perspective is so powerful and accepting. (laughs) Um, when I yep. work with clients, the biggest breakthroughs happen when somebody truly accepts the way something is, um, without, you know, tr- uh, without trying to change it, but just yep. accepting that, okay, well, this is life. This is what is happening. Whether I do like it or not, whether I perceive it as positive or negative, this is what I have to deal with, or this is, you know, what we have to get through, um, or this is how things are or what has happened to me. And when you can accept that, and you truly do have the power to not let that negativity be what is in control of you. And so just that that small shift in perspective that instead of saying, okay, well, this has ruined another event. Well, this is, this is what Easter is for us this year, but we're together. Or the girls don't, you know, the girls don't know any different. They've got you guys, they've got, you know, they're getting the hugs, they're getting the love. They, they don't know what they're missing. It's their reality. And and that's a little yeah. bit, I guess, like um, to put into perspective um, the guilt that you've overcome that you were talking about, you know, that one needed me but the other needed me at the same time um, and you've had to go and put another perspective on that. But also the girls didn't know any different because their reality right. was being born together and their reality was was that amount of attention and things that they were getting from you so perspective is powerful it really really is a hundred percent and even like you know if we talk about this from a a business point of view um when I started 
to get traction with my business and we started to have a conversation and and do some financial projections and realize that you know my return to work would be 12 months after the girls were born and that was really handy with the way that things fell with the school term um but my return to work would be that one day a week because financially we've planned for that and we were willing to make the sacrifices or able I should say to make the sacrifices that we've made um and it's tough we're like we live tight but we make it work and the money that I understand (laughs) that's right um and the the money that the business brings in really helps to supplement that same as the casual teaching but if if all of that went away and we were just where we were we would be okay Mm -hmm. and we've sort of come to the arrangement that we're happy with this is our baseline and and it's okay that then came with an, an extra layer of guilt because my return to work was 12 months after the girls were born. And, you know, I know that some people don't have that and that they have to deal with childcare. And I had people around me that were going back four days a week and you know, three days a week and having to uh, make childcare arrangements, whether that's formal childcare or favors from family and friends, and then dealing with the time management on a larger scale. And so there was a lot of self sabotage that actually came out of that. For me, because it was, well, why am I the lucky one? Why am I the one that gets this? And what have I done that to deserve this? Um, and so I've worked through a lot of that now and realized that just because I'm at work formally one day a week doesn't necessarily mean I'm working any less. Um, I'm working every night. You know, I'm working on the business almost every day when the girls are asleep and um, accepting that. I don't have the financial freedom that maybe some of those other people have because they have made the decision to go back to work, whether they've needed to or they've wanted to. And then there's that sense that, and it it was a perspective that came from my mother actually, um, where it was, well, you have two children you've paid for up front. And if if this is it for you, which it is, you only get one, one maternity leave. And so it's okay to have a longer maternity leave you have two children, most people that have one child at a time will get that maternity leave experience again. You're only getting it once, but you have two children. And so it was working through that and um, giving myself that permission to flourish. And I still struggle with self-sabotage. When I see new clients come in, there's that little monster that kind of rears her head that's like, no, don't do this because this is going to be success. Um, but it's realizing that I've made the decisions that I've made and my husband and I have made decisions as a family that have put us in the position that we're in. And I can't spend my life apologizing for being happy and I can't spend my life uh, feeling guilty for chasing things that make me happy because that's what everyone should be doing, right? Absolutely. Oh, the things you are saying, they're just so much, it's just so much truth for so many people why we tell ourselves the things that we tell ourselves, the fear, a lot of people think, well, what, why am I so scared of failing? Well, yep. truthfully, more often we're more scared of succeeding because there right. is guilt that come with that. And even like what you were saying, yeah, okay, you feel like you had a guilt that someone else might have had to go back to work more days and why are you the lucky one who gets to stay home? But, you know, those, those things are just... They're so self-sabotaging and they're so mean and unnecessary for our minds to say to ourselves. Uh, And, you know, the fact that you've been able to work through those and you obviously have enough self-awareness to realise what's going on 
and be able to switch those perspectives or do the work that needs to be done to overcome that is fantastic. It's guilt is something that rears in so many different ways. I had, I went back to work with my first full-time after I was lucky. I had 15 months off with her. And um, I remember someone, someone at the time saying to me, oh, I had to go back after six months. And I immediately felt guilty for being able to have 15 months. Um, But then I went back to work and it was 10 hours a day and she was in daycare from 6.30 in the morning until, because the nature of my job started at seven. And, you know, she was in daycare from 6.30 in the morning until five at night and uh, every day, four days a week. And then my dad had her for that same amount of time on the fifth day. Uh, And so then there's that aspect of of guilt. And and it has been with Amelia, with my second, a big thing to go, okay, well, you know, she's home with me three days a week. I am trying to work as often as I can during that time. Having a child is work as well, by the way, you know, (laughs) yes, I'm pretty sure anybody who is at home with any child of any age agrees that it is certainly not a holiday. No, I'm not taking a break. I'm certainly not watching Netflix by any means either. You know, so yeah, there are so many different aspects of guilt that comes up and it's just so amazing what our minds will do um, to make us question our worth or question what we deserve. Um, But yeah, just you've got to do what makes, what makes you happy and you absolutely deserve anything that you want. And that goes for anybody listening, whatever it is that you want to work for, to, to go for, to, that you dream of, whatever it is, you deserve it. 100%. 100%. That's it. And I think we're starting to, you know, I look at my students that are in my classroom and they're of the generation that are being raised with that. And it's incredibly empowering. You know, you hear kids that talk about wanting to do things that, like, you know, I've got kids that, okay, they have crazy dreams, but then you have kids that want to be game developers and, they might actually have the foundational skills to do that. And you kind of look at them and you go, well, you know what? You definitely could do this. You could make this happen because you have the accessibility and you have the the mindset and you actually have the um, connectivity in our world to go and and do that. Whereas we were sort of brought up as the generation that, well, no, you have a traditional job and, and that's what you do and you don't change careers and everything needs to be stable and ongoing. And, um, but yet so many people that I know have side hustles and the dream is to make that side hustle their permanent full-time equivalent income and some of them have done amazing things and some of them have taken a little bit of time to get that going. And I just think that COVID has been a really big trigger for that because we talk a lot about going back to the way that things were and I just think that that's so wrong we shouldn't be going back to the way that things were we need to adjust to a new norm and for a lot of us COVID was that opportunity to stop and take stock and pause and look at what's actually important in life Mm -hmm. and if you look at cities and things you know cities now are becoming almost obsolete because we're realizing that we don't need to work in an office for 15 hours a day to produce something we can have our staff work offsite and they can work six hours a day and get the same amount of things done. And so I think now's a really great time for people to do that and, and people who are having those feelings of I'm not happy or something's not sitting right with me or this doesn't feel like my true and authentic self. 
and giving yourself that permission to go for that mm. is a really big thing and it sets you free. And I think that we need to, I think as a society, we all, particularly mums though, we all need to give ourselves the permission to be happy and give ourselves the permission to redefine what hustle means because I don't think hustle needs to mean 16 hours a day. I agree. I completely agree. And there was something you said um, during uh, what you were just saying there about mindset and um, when you're talking about your students and you're right, the mindset is everything really because if you have those voices, whether you are 20, 30, 40, 50 or 16 years old, if you have that voice that says, I can't do this or you don't deserve this or, um, you know, you're going to fail because you've always failed or your mum didn't succeed at this or your dad's this or, or whatever the voice is saying, if you are going to listen to that voice and you go, okay, no worries, I don't want to experience this, I don't want to challenge this and you give in to those negative emotions that those thoughts are triggering for you, then you're going to stay exactly where you are and you're most likely not going to be overly happy either because you're going to be continually grappling between that living as your authentic self and doing, you know, what you're actually being pulled or called to do. Um, so it. that mindset is is so important because it will make or break you. And if, if you are struggling with mindset, there are ways to work through it. It's it's not forever. Just because your mind tells you something um, and we're inclined to believe what our mind tells us, doesn't mean it's true. Definitely. Doesn't No, mean- that's it. Yeah. Can you tell me, Danielle, you have spoken about your creative outlet and how going back to work also has helped you, you know, with that sense of fulfillment and things. What else do you do though? There must be something else, self-care or something. What else do you do to take take care of yourself, to keep yourself sane between having a startup business, working and having two young toddlers at home? I, um, the, the two things that have definitely been huge for me, um, I've always been a little bit of an old soul. So I love craft, um, particularly crochet, which uh, my grandmother got me onto. So um, in winter and when it's raining, that's my little creative outlet. I'll sit down and make a beanie or a scarf or something like that. Um, but exercise is a really, really big thing for me. Um, and I'm not by any means a gym junkie I'm not by any means the fittest person in the world or I'm an exercise and movement is not something that came naturally to me um but in trying to fall pregnant I discovered f45 and functional training and that was something I really really loved and it's not something that's conducive to my lifestyle now so that was a bit of a challenge in adjusting the way that I really loved training um and finding a new way to move my body with having the girls and so getting through lockdown and just as getting some oxygen um, I walked every day and I've discovered that it's something I actually do enjoy doing I was always one of these people that was like no I don't like walking I don't really like my neighborhood I don't really want to do that I'd rather go to the gym I'd rather sit down and um, you know do a meditation at a yoga studio it wasn't something that walking around my neighborhood or going and sitting at a, a park and doing some mindfulness was something I wanted to do but during lockdown walking was the only outing that we had the only time that I was able to get out of the house um and so I've been I've discovered some really beautiful parts of my neighborhood and 
I think getting out once a day just to get oxygen is a really big thing and it's something that I do even when it does rain. Um, just stepping out of the house, even if it's into the backyard. Um, spending time with the girls in the pram, giving them the, the opportunity as well. And that's been a, a big thing, um, realising that they need that exposure as well and that they need to have those experiences. And you know, I now have two girls that will happily sit in the pram for a 45-minute walk with me. And you know, we've got some really beautiful little parks around us um, that I can stop and they can be sitting watching the magpies or they can be looking at the leaves or now that they're a bit older, I can pop a, a rug out and they can sit down on the rug and have some food and I can just take stock and do that sort of aware meditation where I can clear my head and get myself recentered so that when we come home, they go to sleep or it's back on and I can be completely present for them or the business, whatever it is I need to do. So that's really been a huge thing for me. And it, it's something that's free which is, you know, always a bonus. And I understand people don't necessarily live in neighbourhoods that are conducive to that, but I think finding that space and finding oxygen when you can yeah. is huge. Mm. And how good is it to to share that what you are doing, yes, it's free, but it's also something that you have managed to just fit into your lifestyle. So you haven't yep. gone, do you know what? I'm working. I've got twins. I can't go to the gym anymore because it doesn't fit what I'm doing. So I'm not going to do anything or I don't have the time to meditate because when do I get time to myself? Um, and I hear that a lot too. Um, working as a meditation therapist, people say, you know, I, I don't have the time or I don't have any time to myself or when would I fit it regularly into my day? So you sharing, you know, that you just you do it in a way that you can, you get out and walk, you have a mindful walk, you have an aware meditation while your girls are eating on the rug. You know, it's, it's something you are still getting all of the benefits, the benefits of being outside, the benefits of exercising, the benefits of meditation without having to be in a gym, without having to have That's time right. to yourself. You know? <laughs> That's right. And you know what? It's, it started in terms of like the wake, wakeful meditation. Um, it started as simply as while we were walking, I would talk to the girls about what we would see. And when they started to become a little bit more interactive and they moved from laying down in the, the um, capsule type thing in the pram to actually sitting up, um, it was pointing out what we're seeing. And as they started to respond to things around me, so whether that was reaching out of the pram and you know, grabbing a leaf as we walked past or sitting down on the rug and playing with some sticks on the floor or pulling a flower or pointing at a bird, that's how it started. And now it is conversational. You know, meditation doesn't have to be silent. Right. It's sitting and appreciating even just five things around us. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, being able to come back on that walk and they do sit quietly in the pram on the way back or sometimes they might even have a little bit of a snooze. And so that's me now having that time to be a bit introspective and what am I going to do when I get home and finding that sense of clarity, that's meditative. That's what you're doing this activity for. So I think that, yeah, it doesn't have to be this as beautiful as that is. And I, I loved when I, I did go to yoga and practice meditation at home, listening to meditative music and closing my eyes and laying down and, and having that time. It doesn't have to be that way you can find mindfulness 
while you're outside, while you're talking, while your eyes are open. Yeah, absolutely. And what a fantastic way to include self-care in your daily routine. It's just like you said, you, right. you're walking home and if they do have a bit of a snooze or something, then you get that time to refocus and to recenter and to go, okay, well, now, you know, you've got that mental clarity. So what can I deal with when I get home? Well, you're probably in a much better position to deal with anything that comes at you than what you would be if you weren't making those choices to do that. 100%. And if I didn't do my 30-minute walk or my 45-minute walk a day, I, I probably wouldn't be saying. So <laughs> it yeah. gives me that 100%. Fantastic. Now tell me, how can people work with you if someone is looking for a copywriter? So there's two ways to reach out. Um, so my Instagram is at danielle.darwick.co. Um, so, and I know you're going to link all of that in the show I will. Anyway. I will link it in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I love when people reach out and connect um, via that because I understand we live in a really, really social world and some people are much more confident sending a DM or commenting on a post. Um, so Instagram is one great way to do it. You can have a look and see. My Instagram's a little bit bare. It's certainly not as reflective of how busy business is, um, but it's there. And the other way is directly through my website, so www.denieldarwick.com. Um, and there's a little contact form at the bottom of the page that people can uh, fill out and send me an email and then I'll get back to you. So, yeah. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure talking to you today. You are really inspirational. Really, really oh, are. Thank I really, you. I really hope that anybody listening, if you take one thing away, just know that the guilt, or let's say two things, <laughs> the guilt <laughs> the guilt you know you have permission to let it go and you also have permission to do what you want to do and that doesn't make you a bad mum it doesn't make you you know any label that you might be thinking of putting on yourself because of it if you are fulfilling yourself then that is the best thing you can do 100%. Yep, definitely. And look, we're all learning and we're not experts. We're all figuring it out as we go, whether that's being a mom or being a business owner or being an individual who works for someone else or doesn't really know where they're at, a student or whoever you are, we're all figuring it out. No one's an expert. No one knows what they're doing. We're all faking it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, yeah, like accepting that and dropping your cynicism I think is a big thing and and yeah I'm definitely not an expert but I'm I'm finding my way and it gets better every day thank you for listening to inspired wellness with Jessica if you enjoyed and found value in today's episode then please help it to reach others who may also benefit by subscribing on your favorite platform and leaving a review this would mean the world to me to get in touch with me, inquire about working privately or experience one of my online programs, then head to www.inspiredlifecollective.com.au and I will see you on the next episode.